Hello world. Welcome back to the Ignited Fortitude podcast with Bobby and Steve. We're trying something a little bit different here. Like we want to be a little more comfortable. It gets kind of those stools we sit on kind of hurt our butts sometimes. So I tried to use what we had to make it a little more comfortable. Yeah. So if you're watching, we've probably switched it up. It was like the third time we switched it up. (laughs) I don't know. It's kind of, kind of something different, you know, after 45 weeks, it's nice to change it up. Yeah. I like this though. No, it's cool. I'm way more comfortable. (laughs) So (laughs) don't fall asleep though. I might. (laughs) It's been a long day. So, uh, we have an announcement that we're going to make at the end of this podcast, something that, uh, We've been talking about, praying about, and if you guys want to know what it is, stick around. You got to listen to the end. Yeah, you got to listen to the end. We'll try to make it short because I think we're both kind of tired anyways. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so uh, we're going to continue today going into Ephesians 4 um, and with the Armor of God series. And uh, I like the way it's read out of the New Living Translation. All right. So the section that we're going to cover is uh, Paul says, Therefore, I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowances for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourself united in the spirit, binding yourselves together with peace for there is one body and one spirit, just as you have been called to one glorious hope for the future. There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, and one God and Father of all, who is over all and in all and living through all. Right. And I think, I think the thing that, you know, stands out, right? Like, so, you know, we talked about it, you know, there, the first three chapters are all doctrine, you know, like this is, you know, this is what happened. This is, this is why you're, um, you know, why you have eternal life. This is, you know, how you were saved. You were saved by grace through faith, you know, and it wasn't of works. And, you know, let's talk about, you know, what God did and how much he loved you. And, you know, Paul is, is praying for the believers and, you know, through his prayers, it's like, Hey, we just want, you know, like my prayer for you is that God would give you and grant you that understanding of, of, of knowing him and his fullness and his love. Right. And then now, you know, the next, you know, chapters four five and six is all about, application. Like how do you apply this to your life and what does it look like to, to live a life, you know, of, of, uh, being in Christ, you know what I mean? And I think, you know, some of the, the things like, um, it's funny cause we were teaching with the little kids today, it was, uh, going through the letters of Timothy and Titus, you know, can, you know, it's just like small, you know, like summary of, of what he was telling them. And, you know, I was telling the kids and it was small. I don't know why, why this weekend was just so light, man, but like first service, we only had five kids. You know wow. what I mean? And yeah, dude, it was crazy. And this, you're talking about like seventh through sixth graders, you know, and then the other rooms were, were a little bit lighter in, in the, in the morning. And, um, and even the kids were like, man, there's just like a little bit of us, you know? And so. Well, I noticed last night, even at, at church on Saturday night, it was like, I was like, man, it's kind of dead in here. Yeah. I don't know where everybody is. I feel like I'm missing out on something. <laughs> was that FOMO, fear of missing out? Yeah, like, something <laughs> like that. <laughs> so I was talking to the kids and I'm like, hey, you know what? Let's like look at what, what Paul was writing to, uh, you know, what he was writing to Timothy and Titus and who were they? And, you know, and, you know, Paul, you know, tells Timothy, hey, you know what? Preach the word. You know, like he's telling him, like at the end of all these things, like you need to make sure that you are preaching the word, you know? So I have the kids there and I'm like, Hey, you know, like, you know, there's only five of you guys. What do you think, you know, what would be some things that we could do to bring people in? You know what I mean? Like, and you know how we had the fair last week, you know, Mm -hmm. the carnival was here in town. 
or the fair. And, uh, you know, I was like, how many, I was like, did you guys go to the fair? And all the kids were like, yeah. And I said, how many, how many people were at the fair when you guys were there? Like, oh, there was like hundreds of people of, you know, when they were there. And I'm like, you think if maybe we get like some bouncy houses here and, you know, maybe we have, because the summer's coming, like we just have like water gun fights and doing all that other stuff. Like, you think that would bring more kids in? They're like, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And just like talking about like, what is something, you know what I mean? And thinking like, how do we get people in, you know? And I said, uh, you know, what if, what if we had, uh, you know, ice cream all the time. And they're like, yeah, you know what I mean? And of course they're going crazy like that, you know? <laughs> and it's like, uh, okay, we can do all those things and get people here, but what are we giving them? You know what I mean? Like, what are we right. supposed to be responsible for? You know? And it's like, yeah, they came to church, but what did we accomplish? Like, what did we do? What's the whole purpose of coming to church? You know what I mean? And then telling the kids, they're like, well, it's about Jesus. Like, so if we just try to get people here for the sake of getting them here, are they getting the lessons and being taught about Jesus? Or are they only here because of you know, the, the benefits of, of coming because of what you're going to get. Yeah. It was just like when we did that, um, that pizza party in the high school youth group. <laughs> Remember the it, first it, of the year? Yeah. And we'd like the, we told the kids like, yeah, invite, invite your friends from school. We had a ton of kids here, free pizza, of course. Like, yeah. and then it was like a few minutes of the word. And then it was like, but all those kids left and our normal group showed up again the next week. Yeah. I don't think, I mean, we had a, every now and then we had a couple of them show up again, but none of them stuck around. But I mean, I think it's, that is what's important is learning the word, right? Like that's, and when people understand that, I think it's hard to, it's hard to put into action, like getting people bringing people to church and having them make a commitment to continue coming. Right. Like that's what, that's what we've been talking a lot about with like fellowship and like what the church is supposed to be. And, but how, how do we play that out? Right. Like I think what it comes down to is relationship, right? Like that's, um, and you know, I, I told you earlier this week, like, I was listening to, uh, seeking Allah, finding Jesus. And when, when Nabil Qureshi made, finally made a Christian friend who actually showed that he cared, that's when it started changing his life. Right. And it still took years, but that's when it started changing his life. So it's about making those relationships guys. And the, you know, reading what Paul says here, it's a lot of relationship, relationship stuff. Well, yeah. And like, how are you in those, in those relationships? You know what I mean? And, and like, what is your responsibility? You know what I mean? Like if, if you're thinking like, Hey, we just need to get people, you know, this is something that we've been talking about a lot. Like, Hey, let's just get people to church. Right. Like, you know, yes. You know what I mean? Because guess what? Like we all have an understanding of, of, of what's going on, what's being said. You know what I mean? And so like, if we're looking for a church, like, let's just talk about some of this stuff, right? Like, um, you know, a lot of people will get frustrated at all kinds of different churches, right? Like I know, I know there's a church right now in town that, um, there's a guy that shops at a grocery store, knows that I'm a pastor and, um, always wants to talk to me about you know what's going on at his church and like, and why he was leaving, like him, him and his wife left and they left for silly reasons why they were leaving the church. Some of the, some of the reasons why they, you know, why they wanted to leave. And it's like, really? Like, that's why you wanted to leave this particular place. And it's like, no, get, and you know what? Luckily, you know, we live in a community that has lots of churches. That's a good thing, but it's also a bad thing because when you have issues, it's easy for you to just bounce. Right. You don't and, deal with them. Yeah. You don't deal with the issues. And like, how are you going to ever make allowances for people's faults if you just don't ever 
talk about it. It doesn't go your way. So guess what? You're putting, go somewhere else. Yeah. I'm just going to go somewhere else. You know what? I don't like the way that they do those things. So I'm just going to end up going, you know what I mean? And it's like, you know, when you think of what's going on at, like, let's say if you're a person that's listening and you think about like your frustrations at your church, you need to ask yourself like, what is the whole purpose of me coming to a place, right? Because we talked about it before. You need to be the church, not go to church. Mm-hmm. Like that should be your mindset. Like if you're going to a place that is faithfully teaching the word and you're upset because there's no no programs, no, you know, this or that. And, you know, you're like looking for the fluff, like you're wrong. Because the most important thing should be that the word is being taught faithfully. That should be anything else. Like if you go to a church that like, oh man, we have all these activities and we go out to do all these things and we have this stuff and we have the, like, okay, but you're so busy. And I wish you would have listened to the, the, um, the podcast with Chuck Swindle. So like, if you're listening to this in real time, like today's what, uh, 15th. May 15th, like if you're listening to this in real time, look for insight for living Chuck Swindle. He's going through a series, um, on um, the church awakening and it's like a nine part series. So just go back to to him talking about the church, but he says that he's like, look, if you're looking for, for fluff and all this other stuff, like you're looking, that's the wrong reasons for going, you know what I mean? And, um, and it's a great, great um, call to, you know, what are, what is your purpose and what is, here we go, right? Like, what is our calling? You know what I mean? And, and we've talked about it before. We talk, brought it up a bunch where it's like, Hey, you know what? In Acts, it was, you know, they were gathering together in the apostles doctrine, you know, breaking bread, fellowship and, um, prayer, prayer. worship, yeah. prayer and worship. You know what I mean? And those are the things. So it's like, if you're going to a place that is faithfully teaching the word, like that is the most important thing that's going on there. All those other things, like you need to ask yourself, like, why am I upset about these things? And then how can you decide to handle those things on your own? Like, you know, we talked about it, like, Hey man, we got a group of guys together and we just wanted to try something different in order to fellowship. And it wasn't like, Oh, we, we, you know, we got together and we were throwing axes and we were having food and we were fellowshipping and we were talking about everything was, I mean, of course it was, it ended up being centered around the Lord. You know what I mean? But as we build those relationships and guess what? Like, you're going to be able to have somebody else that's there for you in the time of need. Cause ultimately, right. That's, that's what we're supposed to be doing. We're supposed to be helping people have that strong walk, not giving up on the faith, standing strong, standing firm in what they believe in and not veering from that. Right. And I think what, one of the important aspects that I'm pretty sure we've talked about it is like, Hey, what are you called to do? Right? Like, so when that, that whole fellowship thing was put on both of our hearts, I mean, I know really on mine and I was just like, Bobby, Bobby, Bobby. (laughs) So it was kind of on yours too. But, um, it was like, that was like a calling for, for us to do something, right? Not like, not to complain about, oh, well, there's not enough fellowship here. It's, well, how do we, what can we do to create that fellowship? Right. And, um, even if you're, called to be, uh, you know, if you feel called to be a, a pastor, right? Like, okay, just because you're called doesn't mean it's your time. You oh know? yeah, for sure. I mean, we talked about that before we even started recording was like, you know, the difference between Cora and David, right? Like going, like causing division within the church saying, you're not doing it right. I can do it better hmm. or waiting for your turn, yeah. right? When God, God's going to move things and make things happen. That's what you're supposed to do. Just be faithful, Right. Trust and obey him. That's what Bay Forest told us. I mean, in, Trust I, and obey, right? yeah. Like when you look at, it's funny. Like my Bible studies lately, every, like almost every chapter that I look at, I'm like, yeah. If you just trust and obey, trust and obey. Like there it is, right? Like, and um, I went on it's with uh, 
Christian Motorcyclist Association at Douglas today for um, an opportunity to speak at a church there. Not me, but other people within CMA. And uh, it's funny, the teaching was, you know, the command is given, go, right? Mm -hmm. Like so many times, I think he said that go is like in 1700 verses or 1300 verses in the Bible, in the Bible, right? Like go, that's the command that's given, go, 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 just obey it. Right. Like obey what the Lord is telling you to do for you. Right. Like don't cause the divisions that are, that are there. And I know it's, it's hard sometimes, right? Like I talk to you about a lot of things. There's a couple other people that I talk to about a couple of things, but it's not, it's not trying to cause division. It's trying to understand Mm -hmm. and trying to, uh, kind of look at it. Like I feel I have a very small group of people that I talk to about things and by talking, it makes it easier to understand what is going on. Mm -hmm. Right. Like I'm not trying to cause division with people. I'm not trying to say somebody's doing something wrong or I can do it better. It's just like, wait, but what about, Mm -hmm. you know, like, and you're like talking to you, like, what, what about this, Bobby? Like, why, why aren't we doing this? You know, or whatever the case may be, just make sure that you don't have such a large group of trusted advisors, quote unquote, right? Like that you're gossiping at that point, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Like, because you feel like the church could be doing something better this way or doing it this way or just, I don't know. Well, you know, and then I think that's why, you know, like there's people that are put in position, you know, the next time we go through it, we'll talk about, you know, the different people that, you know, the Lord has put in positions for things like that. Cause it's, you know, like that's, if anything, that is, you know, a role as being, you know, a leader within the church of putting things and bringing it together. Cause if you look at Cora, right. Mm-hmm. Like he had the opportunity when people were like, let's say they were griping about Moses. Right. So here we go. And this is like falls in with what we're talking about here. Right. Cause like, you got to remember like where, where Paul is writing to the Ephesians, right. Let's just like, look at this big picture thing. He's writing to, to the Ephesians. He's writing to a group of people that are not unified there. I mean, you got Jews and Gentiles and all these other people that are on different walks. You know what I mean? And let's just talk about like, they're also in different, um, social standings, right? Some of them are probably rich and poor and all this other stuff. Right. And he's like, he talks about like, Hey, you need to be united. So the most important thing, especially in this section, right. is like, Hey, have that unity and it comes from love. And so like, let's just think of, you know, let's backtrack and, and think of, of Cora and, and, um, and what happened in was Exodus numbers, so. right. Where it was, where it was, um, you know, they want to rebel. It's like, why, Hey Moses, you know, like, why are you put in this position and why are you the one that has to get all the glory? And why are you, you know what I mean? And I was like, are you serious? Like, I didn't ask for this. Dude. The Lord is the one that put me in this position. And you're like, Hey, but you know what? Hey, fair is fair. You, you want to, you want to bring it up to the Lord? How about you present yourself to the Lord? I'll present our, uh, Aaron and I will present ourselves to the Lord and let's see what the Lord decides. Right. And it says Cora had a group of, of people with him. Right. And the ground swallowed him up. Yeah, all their families. You know what I mean? And it's like, you know what, Cora, like you obviously came and and that person was probably in put in some kind of position. He probably had some position in leadership. And if anything else, he should have been like, Hey, you know what, whatever the case is, but at the same token, whether we're happy with it or not, Moses is the one that that's having to take the responsibility for whether something good happens or bad happens. And that's going to be on him. You know what I mean? And Cora could have told those other people like, Hey, you know what? Like, no, like be humble in the situation. You know what I mean? But we don't want to do that, man. You know what I mean? Like, and that's why Paul, like, listen to what Paul says even here, right? He's like, I, you know, um, he's a, first of all, he's like, I'm a prisoner serving the Lord and beg you 
right? I bet in in your new King James, like I plead with you. Um, I, therefore the prisoner of the Lord beseech you to walk worthy of the calling. Beseech you. Right. So that's beseech. Um, the other ones is, um, I plead with you. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like begging, like, dude, out of anything else, like just be focused and worthy of your calling. And it's so sad to see, like, you know, you read that, that story of what happened. It's like, you know, God rescues them out of Egypt. He does these amazing things. And it's like, dude, you got let out in the wilderness just to die out there because of your pride and ego. You know what I mean? Right. Like, the, you know what I mean, I mean I, we've done a podcast on walking worthy, right? Yep. Like walking worthy of your calling and like thinking about that. It's like, like first, like walking worthy, right? Like, what does that mean? Like, like what, I mean, we've talked about it, but like, how does your life represent what God has called you to do? Right. Like, does your life represent what God has called you to do by gossiping, by challenging uh, those who are already in the position, by um, causing the division with the divisions with? Is that walking worthy or is it like what David did? Right. Mm -hmm. Like where yeah. it's like, hey, when when God's ready for me to do it, I'll do it. You know, when God makes it happen, that's when it'll happen. Well, and the, and, and the thing about that too, man, is like, you know, look, you look at David and, and you see when he was, you know, he was already anointed, right? Mm -hmm. To take that position. And Saul was still in that position and got, and David's like, look, I'm not going to touch the Lord's anointed, which was Saul. And although Saul was throwing spears at him and trying to, you know what I mean? And then you look at David's life and that, you know, like that shaped his character, right? That whole task was shaping his character for when he got into the position as, as leadership. And then while he was in that position towards the end of his, you know, his, his final time, his son ends up trying to take the throne from him. And even during that time, he's like, Hey, you know what, if God's doing something, I'm going to, I'm going to make way for him to do it. You know what I mean? And he didn't try to take out his son. He didn't try to do all these other things. And it's like, you know, and, and it's crazy to think about that. Cause like, even when he was in that position and his son was trying to take the throne from him, he wasn't acting like Saul trying to throw spears at his son. You know what I mean? He's like, Hey, you know what? Like I, I understand that, that this is going on. And he at least had the humility to, to instead of react, to respond to the situation. Right? right. And it's kind of like, Hey, you know what? I don't know what's going on, but I'm, I need to lean on the Lord because the Lord has to be the one that's going to guide me through this situation. We're all too often. We just think like, well, I see, you know what I mean? Like I see this gap right here and I'm just going to take it. And you know, we've been going through the, uh, you know, in service going through the book of Jude and, you see Jude even bring up, you know, in a, like a obscure text, but he, he talks about where, you know, even Michael, the archangel didn't uh, battle with the, with Satan right. to take Moses' body, you know what so I mean? Which the is Lord like, rebuke you. yeah, but what did he say? He's like, Hey, the Lord rebuke you. Like yeah. Michael could have done whatever he wanted in that moment, taking, Hey, I know that I'm going to cast you out or whatever. And he didn't, you know what I mean? Even that sense. So it was like, even for us knowing those things, it's like, Hey, you know what, whatever's going on, let the Lord take care of that situation. You're your obligation is to walk worthy of that, you know? And guess what? That situation when you're walking worthy isn't always going to be flattering. It isn't always going to be easy. I mean, look, Paul was walking worthy and where's he at? He's in prison. He's in prison. Yeah. <laughs> He's in prison. Uh, that's one of the things I was thinking about as you were talking about David was like the life of Paul talking about walking worthy, right? Like he, you know, I think Paul gets a lot of bad name for, especially in the secular side, right? Where people are like, you know, he just wanted to, to like make himself known. And like, uh, cause I'm listening to the seeking all of finding Jesus. Mm -hmm. There was a lot of talk about Paul in there. And it's like, no, like Paul was already 
pretty high up within the Sanhedrin, right? And he he chose he didn't chose God chose him and he was faithful to that. He trusted and obeyed that. And it took him years to get to where he started his ministry. Right. And I think it was like 15, 15 I, think, yeah. I, I think. And, but, and even then when he went to those places, he didn't go in there and expect them to take care of him. He went there and took care of himself while teaching them the word, right? Like that was the first thing that he was going to do is go in and share the gospel and it's just crazy to me to like to think about how how that is and i always try to like keep that in the back of my mind like it took paul 15 years to start his ministry right like that's that's a long time mm-hmm. it's a long time to to wait you know in god's timing for your ministry to start and um it obviously obviously all worked out but, <laughs> you know right. like but like i i just try to imagine like I, I know me, like, I'm not, I'm not patient at all. Like, mm-hmm. I'm like, I want it now. Like, what do you mean I got to wait? And like, no, I want it now. I want my motorcycle now, babe. Like, <laughs> I don't want to wait, you know, like those kind of things. Like, uh, it's, it's amazing. And I think that's part of where we go wrong, right? Like, okay, you might have a calling to be a pastor, to be a counselor, to, to be a youth group leader, whatever the, the, the calling is. You might have that. Getting married, you know, getting married, anything, right? Like whatever the the Lord has called you to do, like, but are you rushing it? Like, are you trying to make it happen so quick that, um, you're compromising or you're, you're not walking worthy at that point, right? Like you're not, you're doing something that you're trying to make it happen, Mm -hmm. right? Like, well, you're doing it in your own strength, right? And so like, we've talked about it before, the opposite of, of faith is not, you know, doubt the opposite of faith is sight. Right. And it's like, Oh, I see it. I'm going to go get it. You know what I mean? And it's like, no, no, you gotta, you gotta, and and, you know, we talked about it, you know, and one of the things that we talked about before we started recording, like how this section like fits very perfectly with first Corinthians 13, right. Where he's talking about like, Hey, you know, love is patient. Love suffers long. It says love Mm -hmm. suffers long as, and is kind. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Why? Because when you're, when you're in in a season of being like in a season of suffering, Right. In a season of being impatient because you're just like waiting for whatever, you know what I mean? You're not going to be kind. You're not going to be loving. You know what I mean? You're not, you're not going to be thinking about other people. Right. right? Think about it. Like and we've addressed it before. Like if somebody's drowning, right, what do they want to do? They're willing to pull somebody else down in order for them to come up afloat. Right. Right. And so a lot of the times that's what we end up doing, you know, in in marriage counseling, that's the illustration that I give when, you know, couples are are arguing. It's like, look, this is what you guys are doing to each other right now. You know what I mean? Instead of like taking a step back, listening to what your spouse is saying, and then trying to understand what it is that they're saying to meet them there. And then not just trying to pull them down so that you can get, you know, the upper hand, but really trying to lift that other person up and, and recognizing, you know what? I was wrong in this situation and I probably should have, you know, take, you know what I mean? And then we'd start, you know, figuring out how to, how to address whatever the situation is, you know, and and we don't, but that takes humility. It takes humility to admit the fact like, Hey, you know what? Maybe somewhere in this, I messed up. Maybe somewhere in here, like I didn't communicate properly. I had a role to play in it, you know? And if you always, if you always seek that in any situation that you're in, if you always seek that, like, Hey, you know what? Somehow I could have, this could have been avoided. You know what I mean? Like, um, you know, even with our kids, you know what I mean? Like, let's think about that. Cause as parents, we, we think like, Hey, I told you that was going to happen. I told you, you know what I mean? It's very easy to do that. But at the same token, it's like, you know what? Maybe I should have 
spent a little bit more time telling you why that was going to happen as opposed to it's just going to happen. Right. You know what I mean? Like I should have probably, you know, taken that time. And, and when you humble yourself, then, then that's when you can see that that person's going to open up and not try to defend themselves. Right. Cause that's, that's the problem. You know what I mean? you talk about right here, like his whole section, his whole desire right here is, is for this church to be united. Right. To be united. And, you know, when you look at Jesus's, uh, you know, his, his final prayer before, you know, he was getting ready to be crucified, what was his biggest, his biggest prayer? Like, God, keep them united, you know, you, you know, uh, keep them, you know, united by your word and, and all these other things. Like that was Jesus's whole desire for the church and for the disciples that he was praying for, not just for, you know, the 12 or the 11 at the time, but for us also that we would be united and not divided. Right. You know, and so, you know, just like, let's just walk through some of these things that, that he says, you know, uh, lead a life worth, uh, worthy of your calling for you have been called. Here's the thing, right? Here's the biggest thing, right? You've been called by God. So the responsibility isn't like, you know, if I task you and I say, Hey, Steve, can you go and do this? Like you are going because I've asked you to do it. You know, it, our biggest frustration with our kids is when we ask them to do something and then they completely do it the wrong way. Right? right. It's like, look, I asked you to do it. Not, it wasn't you doing it on your own. I wanted you to go in, you know, whatever it is, you know? And it's like, that's what God is doing for us. Like, don't forget that. Like I'm going and living a life, not because I chose it. Right. Not because, and not because I, I, I did the work so that I could boast about it, man. I did it because God's the one that had called me out to do it. Right. Right. And then you just talked about it with that servant, right. To go. Right. God's the go. one that told me to go. Yeah, he says it all the time. Go. Said it to um, the big one that really stuck with me was the Abraham with Isaac. Mm -hmm. Go. Go to the mountain that I that I I direct you to to sacrifice your son. Mm -hmm. And it was Abraham's only son. And he's like, Yes, sir. And goes, right? Like that's what and then the Lord was faithful mm -hmm. and said, okay, here you go. Here's, here's a sacrifice. Here's a lamb, right? Or a ram. Mm -hmm. Here's, a, here's the ram for you to sacrifice. And it's, I don't know, it's about trusting the Lord, right? Like, but how do you, how do you trust somebody? How do you, anybody, let alone the Lord, right? You have to be in relationship with them. If you're not in that relationship, then you're not going to, how can you trust Right. Like if somebody comes up to you on the street that you don't know and just says, Hey, go here and do this. You're going to be like, yeah, all right, but <laughs> yeah. right? like, but if you're in relationship with that person, if somebody comes up to you and is like, Hey, go do this, that, and that person's your friend, that's person, you know, them intimately, you, you even if it's not intimately, intimately, but you know them well, mm -hmm. you're going to be like, okay, let's go and go do it. Right. Can't you have to have that relationship? If you don't have that relationship, it's not going to happen, right? right? You're, there's no trust there. Well, and that's why a lot of times, right, we don't want to do the things that we have been called to do, and we don't do it in the manner that God has called us to do it, right? Mm -hmm. We want to do it our own way. Oh, okay, I'll be, you know, here, here we go. Like, right, like, let's think about the biggest thing, right? A biggest relationship would be in a marriage, mm -hmm. you know, and it's so uh, like being on this side of things, man. It's so like it, nothing breaks my heart more than to see marriages fall apart, especially one when they when they're not seeking counsel, they're not coming in 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 wanting to get the help from what the scripture says, you know what I mean? And it's like, dude, you, you have been called to your spouse, right? To, to represent, Hey, guess what? Like a marriage represents Jesus's love for the church relationship to the church. That's, I mean, that's what our marriages represent. We've been called to that. 
You know what I mean? And you've been called to that relationship that you have, you know, especially if you're in Christ, you've been called to that. And it's, you know, to, to handle that any other way is to not trust God. You're trusting in yourself. You're trusting in, you know, there again, you're not walking by faith. You're walking by sight. So it's like, oh, you know what? No, but look at how this person's treating me. Look at how my spouse is doing X, Y, and Z. And it's like, be focused on what you're supposed to be doing. You know what I mean? Like that calling is, is yours. You know what I mean? And, and here's the thing where, where God guides, God provides, you know what I mean? And, and so what? So what if you're the one that has to say sorry all the time? So what if you're the one that has to, you know, do the first steps? Let God do that in you. You know what I mean? Hey, guess what? Obviously God is, is chiseling things out. Hey, you have relationships with people within a congregation or whatever the case is. Hey, those people have been put into your life to help sanctify you. You know what I mean? That's what I tell my wife. Like you were put in my life to sanctify me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like to chisel those selfish parts out of me. You know what I mean? And, and so it's like, hey, then I need to just trust God because God is doing, you know, like even in this, like, hey, the, whatever happened to Job, all that stuff that happened to Job, when it, you know, at the very end, God's like, look, I got you because he allowed it. He's the one that called him to you. And like you just said with Abraham, that's a great illustration, dude. Like God, Abraham, Abraham knew like, hey, you know what? God is going to have a sacrifice for him you know, or he can even bring up Isaac back from the dead, whatever the case is. But, right. you know, God is going to provide himself because that's what Isaac said, right? Like, hey, uh, you know, I see the wood, you get the knife. Where's the sacrifice? Like, hey, don't worry. God's going to provide the sacrifice. You know, it might be you, buddy, but you know what I mean? There's going to be a sacrifice. <laughs> you know, and God's going to provide it. So like, ultimately the, the thing is, is like, who are you going to trust in? And and too often it's like, I'm not going to like, all right, God, you haven't shown up yet. So now I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to take it. I'm going to take control. Yeah. I'm going to take control. And that's, that's ultimately what it comes down to. So. You know, the life that's uh, where you have been called by God, verse two, always be, and listen, always, not sometimes, always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowances for each other's faults because of your love. Gosh, we can spend so much time on that right there, dude. Well, we could end it with that. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> that's, uh, that, that's what it comes down to. You know, the love, guys. Like, you can't be any of it without love. No, and what's crazy is you look at this church at Ephesus, right? You look at the letter to the Ephesians. You look at First John. First John, you know, he was, you know, they they speculate that he would have been because he was a pastor, you know, at Ephesus. You know, the Apostle John, you know, mm-hmm. probably writing to the Ephesians there, right? And that whole book is on love, right? That whole book is one of the things that stands out to me the most in in that book is. Um, uh, you know, how can you say that you love God, but hate your brother, right? Like, how can you love God who you can't see and then hate the one that you do see? There's no way. Like the way that you represent and demonstrate your love for God is actually by loving one another, not by how much time you're in your Bible, how much time you're going to church, how much money you're giving to the church, how much, you know what I mean? Like, right. that's not what your love is demonstrated by. Your love for God, if you truly love God, is demonstrated by the way that you treat uh, one another. Mm-hmm. And then you go and you you read the the book of Revelation and what does Jesus say about the church at Ephesus? Hey, you know what? You were great at doing all these tasks. You were great at you know making sure that you weeded out all these false teachers. You were really good about doing all these works. But the one thing that I have against you is you lost your first love. You know, and and here's the thing: like, why do we do that? Like, oh, you know what? I I caught that person. Like, they were sending and they were doing this other stuff. Like, let's just call that out. You know, we're gonna weed out all these things. And it's like, yeah, okay, great. You know, you did that, but but you destroyed people in the process of doing that. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, 
there's been times like I've had to, I've had to talk to people. And of course, like, I know like something's going on crazy in their life. And it's like, dude, what in the world are you thinking? You know what I mean? But at the same time, same time, it's like, dude, I got to stop. And I got to ask him like, you know, if they're thinking because of what they're allowing in their life or whatever they're tolerating, you know what I mean? It's like, dude, what else is going on? Like, there's a deeper issue than that. You know what I mean? And, in the, and, and although yes, as, as a leader and having the responsibility of having to, to, to call things out in people and saying, Hey, like, this is not right. Like we cannot allow this to go on. You know what I mean? But more than anything else, it's like, dude, how are you doing? Like, is this bothering you? Are you crushed by this? Like, what is going on here? Like, what can I be doing? Where have I, where have I dropped the ball that you feel like you have to take on all these responsibilities or do these things and you're trying to, you know, feel like you're, you're doing, you know, X, Y, and Z to the best of your ability because you're just trying to keep whatever together. It's like, dude, what have I done that you felt like you couldn't come to somebody and talk to them about what was going on and trying to get that counsel? You know what I mean? Dude, it's like, you know, like, let's try to reconcile those things. Let's try to talk about those things. So you have to be loving. Like, how are we going to keep the bond of peace? Like, you know, he goes on to say, uh, make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. <laughs> make every effort, right? And be humble, be gentle in love. Allow for them to allow for people to make mistakes, right? Like, I, I think that that is when you look at the church from the outside, right? Like that is like the biggest complaint of non-Christians is the quote unquote hypocrisy, right? Mm -hmm. Like, but then like you get inside the church and you, you know, what's even worse is when Christians are being hypocrites by not being there for those who have fallen, who've made mistakes, who have, who've sinned in some way, right? Like, why aren't you like, you cast them out, right? Like then we get into all that church hurt that happens, right? And the love isn't there, mm -hmm. right? Like you got to have that love to be able to, to come alongside somebody, like to see somebody who's gone through something similar as similar to myself, right? Like if for instance, and this is just an example, like thinking about it, about my testimony and what I've done in my life, you know, seeing a, another man who's cheated on his wife and, and wants to make it work. And the hurt is there. The, you know, the, the repentance is there that he wants to make it work, but to see the church, not that I have seen this, but to, to see people who won't mm -hmm. because like, no, he messed up. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, he did but he needs us to lift him back up. Right. Yeah. Like, and it does come from a place from a place of love where it's like, man, I know what you're going through. I know the pain you're feeling. I know how you think that how everybody you feel is looking at you and, you know, and, and vice versa. Like I know my wife feels the same way when she hears about hurt within where a husband's cheated on the wife and the wife is just broken. Right. Like I've, I've seen my wife come to tears over stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And, and we genuinely don't know the people. Right. Like, so it's like, Hey, like, how are you loving each other? Like, are you going to, take a secular mind and be like, Oh, they're hypocrites. But then you're also going to be a hypocrite and not have the love that's supposed to be there. Well, and you know, that's like a big thing, dude. Right. Cause like you hear it, 
you hear the hospital is not a country club. It's, it's a hospital for sinners. Mm-hmm. Right. So guess what? Like, then that means that people are going to make mistakes. That, pe- that means that if it's a hospital for sinners, it's for people that are sick. Right. You know what I mean? You don't go walk into a hospital. Like, why is everybody sick in here? Why is there somebody that's, you know in what I mean? Different stages of healing, right? Like there might be somebody who just got saved that day. So like they're as sick as they can be. And then there's other people who've been here for years who are still just as sick as that person, but they're at a different stage in their healing process. Right? Like that's when you look at it from that standpoint, like just like when you walk into a hospital, there's all kinds of different stages of sickness in there. And that's something, yeah. And so we shouldn't, we shouldn't be surprised, you know what I mean? That those things are going on, but we should be tending to their needs, helping in caring for them. Right. Right. And then just be like, well, you know what? You're still sick. So we're going to just, how dare you ask for another. You're too sick. We can't give you any more medicine. (laughs) Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, you should have been better by now. It's like, no, like something's going on and you got to treat, you know what I mean? Like, you know what? Maybe we treated the wrong symptom. I was just thinking like, I'm sorry. I like giggled a little bit because like, could you imagine doing that to one of your kids? Like, like, Hey, I know you've been sick for like three days now, but it's time to get over it. bro. Like, like, no, you can't have any more medicine, no more soup. You got to start eating real stuff. You got like, what's funny is like, I'm thinking like, have I done that to my kids? Like I probably have. Right. But, um, like, no, like that's what, uh, I don't know, man. Like you, like when you think about stuff like that, it's like, like when you change just the, the thought process of like, okay, sin sick. Right. Like, and you, you, you make that, that change in thought process. You're like, man, I've been doing it wrong. Well, let's just think about this one, right? Like COVID (laughs) before uh, people got COVID, they're like, dude, whatever. It's just (laughs) a thing. You're like, it's not as bad as it is. And then you get stuck with COVID and how how are you doing COVID, bro? (laughs) Let's talk talk about you, bro. How are you doing I was one of those guys. Like, it's just like the flu. (laughs) I thought I was going to die, bro. Like, But then like, and what's funny is like, I don't know if you realize they're like right now, like there's a whole bunch of COVID coming back around right now. And you know, both my boys were, were quarantined this week because they were exposed to COVID. And it's like, we did like you guys, it's been like five months. Did you seriously stop washing your hands in five months? You guys are nasty. Like <laughs> no wonder we're all so sick. Yeah. Wash your hands, you know, but it, that, like, that's what, um, like when you think like, it, but it, it is like, uh, like thinking about COVID, like you can totally relate it. Right. Because when you're, when you're in it, when you're, when you're busted, like when you've been sinning, you've been called out, like everybody knows it, right? Like it's the end of the world, just like with COVID. Like when you got it, it's the end of the world. When it's really bad, it's the end of the world. Then it all starts to go away mm-hmm. and everybody, yeah, everybody's like, Oh, let's stop washing our hands now. Right. Like, like, Oh, well no, no more sin. You take it for granted. Right. Yeah. Take it for granted. Yeah. It's just like, Oh, like you guys want to go back into a lockdown. I don't like, yeah. I want to be able to do the things I'm doing and go in the places I'm going. But like be like, when you look at it with sin, it's like, how quick do, are we to, Oh, this happened. Everybody talks about it for a week, maybe two. And then it's like, it's gone. Right. But it's not, those people are still hurting. It's still there. The sin is still there. It's all still there. The sin doesn't go away. Mm-hmm. Right. So, well, in, in, in taking the, the, you know, the position of humility, right. is going to come from, I know what that feels like 
You know what I mean? Hey, maybe you didn't do that exact thing. You know what I mean? But like, dude, you can, you can sympathize with somebody. You should be sympathizing with somebody and not feeling like, oh, well, you know what? That's, you know, I have no idea. Bro, you know when I mean? before I got COVID, I was just like, man, whatever. Like, okay, another person's got COVID. Then after I got COVID, everybody I knew that got COVID, I was like, do you need anything? Yeah. Like, trust me, I know where you're at, bro. I know where you feel. Yeah. Like, oh, you still have your sense of taste and smell? Like, cool. Like, just be beware it might go away you know like like i was taking things to people like it was and but the same thing doesn't happen with with people in sin right mm-hmm. like and it's awkward too like could like think about it like if i don't really know somebody like it's not a big deal if i if i don't really if i don't really have like a real personal relationship with somebody and they i find out they have covid i'll be like yeah, hey bro do you need anything no, you're good. Okay, cool. Because they're probably not going to tell me anyways. But that same that same guy, right? Maybe he just got busted cheating on his wife. Am I going to call him? Am I going to reach out to him? And be like, hey, bro, do you need anything? I've been there. Mm-hmm. I know it. Mm-hmm. You know, like, am I going to do that? It's hard. Yeah, it's hard, to, especially if that relationship isn't there. Well, there we go. Gosh, Full dude, you're like, you're, bro, you're like, you must have been listening to my wife talking to you. Cause there's, I mean, seriously, like the exact situation It's like, I don't have a relationship with that person. Like, I feel like I'm supposed to be doing something mm-hmm. for the individual. And what do I do? But I, and like the biggest thing like that irks me is like, this is the exact place where I know that the church ends up dropping the ball. Right. And it's like, what am I supposed, how am I supposed to do? I don't, you know what I mean? And I, I think know we're that having the same conversations with our wives because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like, that's exactly the same thing with me and my wife. My wife has told me like, I feel like I should be reaching out to this person. I should be doing, I should be talking to this person. I know what they're going through. Yeah. And, and she's like, but I don't know them. I don't have a relationship with them. I've said hi to them. I've said a few things here and there, but like, how do you go about doing that? Right. Like, and that is like, I mean, we've talked about it. That's where like the church drops it, right? Like, because you get to the point where it's like not a thought anymore Mm -hmm. and you still have people that are hurt, but it's not a thought anymore. So let's just move on. And more than likely we move on without those people. Right. Yeah, like dude, that's, what that's, it, that's what happens. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's hard, man. And that's, I guess what, it's not loving. It's not loving at all. It's not loving at all, man. So, um, for, for there's one body and one spirit, just as you have been called to one glorious hope for the future. You know, and I think just even, even think about that, like, dude, when people are hurting, like, you know, when I stub my toe, my whole body is affected by it. You know what when I, mean? I stub my toe, my whole house knows. <laughs> so <laughs> it's not just my body. Like, so the whole church knows then. <laughs> you know what I mean? But even think about that. Like, you know, like if, if something happens to you, you know what I mean? Like your whole body has to compensate for that. Like, dude, when I hurt my back, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, my whole body is trying to compensate for that and trying to adjust and do all those other things. And, you know, that should be the same. That should be the same approach that we have when, somebody's hurting in the church, the same situation, right? Like that we were talking about, like when something is going on and somebody is, you know, like, Hey, whatever, a family member or whatever they, the, whatever the case is happening. Dude, I had to text somebody today because you know, they, they, they serve, uh, you know, with me in, in children's ministry and, um, 
and they had been here. They were going through a surgery procedure and something, there was, some stuff was going on. And like every day it's like, Hey, you know, you should text them and see how they're doing. You know what I mean? Text them and see how they're doing. And it's like, dude, I wake up so early in the morning that most of the time, like when I think about people, it, it's super early. So it's like, okay, I'll wait till later. And then later comes and I forget. And then it's like late at night. And then it's like, Oh man, I should have taken them. I'll text them tomorrow. Like, and it's an excuse. 100% it's an excuse. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But I come to find out, I just heard about it today, right? I heard about it today from somebody else. I was like, hey, did you hear about so-and-so? And because they serve, obviously, in the ministry for me. And uh, I'm like, no. I said, I, they haven't reached out. They're like, yeah. And they're also not coming back <laughs> to church. And I'm like, oh. And I'm thinking, my, see, you should have reached out. You should have said, it's probably, you know what I mean? All these other things are going through my mind, you know what I mean? But it's like, dude, like in those situations when people are going through certain things, like we should take the same approach, like, hey, how are we going to be there for people when they're in this time of need? And dude, like, that's the thing. It's like, sometimes, you know, and wait till you listen to that podcast with Chuck Sindel. It's like, we're so busy about operations that we neglect all the things that we're supposed to be, the actual things that we're supposed to be mm-hmm. responsible for doing. Like, he's not here like, hey, make sure that you grow the biggest church that's got all these, you know what I mean? He, he's not saying that. He's not saying like, hey, you got the biggest church on the block and you make sure that you guys have all these activities and make sure that everybody's tithing a certain amount and make sure that, dude, that's not what he says here. No. He's like, hey, you know what you guys are supposed to be filled with? You guys are supposed to be filled with humility. You're supposed to be filled with gentleness, patience, being there for one another. And it needs to be fueled by love. That love and, we're, and you know, you know, he talked about it in chapter three, like, Hey, that love that you guys have that you need to understand is the love, not from yourselves, but the love that God gave because he gave himself for you. And that's the love that is supposed to be filling you. That is supposed to be driving you because that is when the Holy spirit is going to give you that, right. You know, uh, Jesus says, Hey, um, the world will know that you are my disciples by the way in which you love. And, Amen. and we're not doing it. We're not. <laughs> and you know and, what? Well, yeah. I think, I think too, like, like it doesn't go just for the church, right? Like if you, if we're going, if we are given a command to go out and make disciples and we're out there talking to people and we're, we make that communication happen and then you walk away and you don't ever talk to them again. Why, what reason do they have? Right. Like, or even like your friendships that, that you have out there that, you know, they're not Christians and you talk to them, but then you don't ever come back around and be like, Hey, I was praying for you. Mm -hmm. Hey, I was thinking about you. I mean, when you look at Paul's letters, uh, so many of them, I mean, Philippians is, I mean, I think all of them talk about love in general, but also talk about praying for each other, talking to each other, like, if you're being not, there for each yeah, other. Like if you're not, other. if you're not doing that guys, like how can we expect to make any kind of difference in the church, in the world, anywhere? Mm-hmm. Like if you're not doing any kind of relationship building out of love, what are you doing? Yeah. You know what I mean? You even look in your own house, dude, you know what I mean? And it's like, um, you know, am I taking those principles and applying that and living that out and allowing my, my family to see that, you know what I mean? I know for me, like the pressure is always there, dude. You know what I mean? Cause it's like, my family is my priority. My family has to be my first ministry. You know what I mean? And dude, and like, sometimes I can get so busy and I mean, forget, and I'm not even just putting it in the context of ministry. Like when I was working, because I'm almost always work two jobs. You know what I mean? I was so focused on making sure that I was providing for my family, but guess what, man, I was providing, you know, like my wife, yes, she needs me to provide for her. But she needs me to provide my love for her more than providing money for her. You know, my wife has always told me, like, we can live in a box. 
Like, forget it. Sell the house. We'll live in in a, an apartment, two-bedroom apartment if we need to. You know what I mean? Like, she's like, I could care less. She's like, I want you. You know what I mean? And sometimes I get to focus on just trying to make sure that my family is comfortable, right? Like, hey, yeah, but we need to have these things and have this and have that. And it's like, my kids are like, in another year, they're going to be in high school. And it's like, and then I got four years left with them. I know, bro. I got a year and one's gone. Like he yeah. graduates in a year. You know, and it's like, dude, that time I'm never going to get back. You know what I mean? And is it, 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 and what is fueling? Like at the end of the day, do they know that, that I love them, that I care for them? Do they have, do they, and do they receive that? Do they not, do, do they know? Like, I know, oh yeah, my dad loves me because of, you know, he goes to work for me or he does this and he does this and like, no, 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 no. Like, did I spend that time with my kids the way I was supposed to? You know what I mean? And, and show them and give that to them. And was I, was I, you know what? Like, was I gentle and, and patient with them? Was I, was I, you know, making every effort? Was I making every effort? Are you talking to me right now, Bobby? Because of the conversation we had before this, like, just saying, like, just, I've been, I've been complaining to Bobby about my son and he's almost 17. And I'm like, now he's like, he's like, are you being patient? Are you being gentle? Are you being kind? Loving Steve? <laughs> but like it's true i mean like what are you doing at home like, and like looking at it have i messed up as a dad yes i have and i've told my family that i've told my kids that and i've apologized to them and um which is something that's really humbling to do like it takes humility to do that to your kids like no i'm i'm in charge right yeah. um but the at the same time like they get to an age where it's like, Hey, you got to start making decisions on your own. And I got to start letting you yeah. feel the consequences of those decisions too, because the, I can't save you every, yeah. every time. So, yeah. but anyway, sorry. No, it's true, man. <laughs> I don't know. I think, you it's know, it's true. You were calling me out. No, well, you know, what? <laughs> maybe a little bit, but, but yeah. hey, man, it goes for all of us. I think everybody can relate. Um, there's one Lord, one faith, one baptism, and God, the Father of all, who is over all and in all, living through all. We have the same spirit, it, bottom line, right? We have, we have the Holy Spirit. He is living inside of us. You know what I mean? And he's not, you know, you look at, you know, you look at Jesus, you know, Jesus, the Father, the Holy Spirit. You know, all three of them are together. They're all in unity. And then the spirit testifies of, of Jesus and, and pulls us back when, the, you know, when the spirit's like tugging at us, what is he doing? He's pulling us back and, and pointing us to Jesus. What was Jesus doing the whole time? He was a pointing us to the father, right? You know, he, he tells the disciples like, uh, you believe in God, believe in me also. You know what I mean? If you've, if you've seen me, you've seen the father, you know what I mean? And, um, and it's like, that's the unity that we're supposed to all have too. You know what I mean? And it's, and it's not different, different, you know what I mean? And it's like, we're supposed to be bringing that in together. And so when I'm, when I'm dogging, when I'm, you know, hurting somebody else, like, I got to realize that man, like, what am I doing to the Lord in that sense? You know what I mean? Like, you know, one of the things that, that I heard somebody say one time, it's like, you know, you want to, you want to start talking about, you know, bad about people in the church. Well, you got to remember that's, that's Christ's bride. Cause you know, the church is a bride of Christ. And how would you feel if somebody was, you know, talking bad about your wife? Yeah. Like you're going to be, you're going to go and talk bad about, about Jesus's wife. Like you got another thing coming to you. You know what I mean? And it's like, what do we need to do in order to bring those things together? What do we need to do? And, and it starts with, Hey, you know what? It's 
do you want, and more than anything else, how has God demonstrated his love for you? Think about that. Go back to that. You know, the thing that I always go back to and just thinking about those things that it just, you know, obviously boggles my mind is him washing Judas's feet. He knew he was going to betray him. He didn't treat him any differently. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He, he didn't. And it's like, I know I don't do that to people. I know I don't. Yeah. No, no, I don't either. You know what I mean? And it's like, I got so much to work on that I don't need to be worried about what other people are doing or not doing. Like, I need to be focused on that. Amen. Focus on washing Judas's feet. Yeah. What because, do you need to be doing? Because I, I know I fall short there too. So, all right. With that being said, here comes good, the announcement. Good, good place to stop for one, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're going to stop there. I mean, that was verse six, right? Yeah. So, here comes the announcement, guys. You want to do it? Yeah, I'll do it. I'll take it. All right, guys. So uh, we are in a a super busy season. Um, I got a lot of things uh, going on right now with uh, uh, church activities, home activities and everything else. And and Steve and I uh, are like, I mean, it's Sunday at, we got here at four o'clock. Yeah. And it's 1800. You know what I mean? And so um, it just trying to get time together to be able to record. So we are, are for a little bit, right temporarily and this hurts to say because i i don't like this is obviously the last thing i want to do but for uh, a little bit we are going to be putting out one episode a month one okay episode a month. if we're able to make out some bonus episodes absolutely if we find the time you know this is the the biggest thing that we that you know a desire that we have but there's other responsibilities too and um and at the same token too our, our families have to come first in our, you know, yeah. so I don't know. I don't even need to try to make any kind of excuses. Like well, it's not something that I want to announce. Yeah, we but. don't, we don't want to do this, but it's also about quality, right? Yeah. Like when we come together, uh, you know, with everything that's going on for both of us right now, when we come together and it's like, I told Bobby, I was like, like, bro, I didn't even get to study this. Like there's so much going on. Um, when we show up here, like, we want to be able to provide the best content possible yeah. and um, and we want to to lead um, like god-centered content not just us coming together and talking we could do that all day long mm-hmm. we do it every i mean every thursday we just sit down <laughs> before youth group and record what we talk about then but that's not what we want to do guys we want to have a real path that, um, and guided discussions about God, God centered content. So one a month. Yeah. So for right now, it's going to be, it's going to be one a month. And if we can uh, throw out a bonus episode and absolutely we will. I have no doubt that there'll be bonus episodes, but but in case we (laughs) don't get to them right away, it's going to be one a month. So there might not be one next week, guys. There might not be one the week after, but within the next four weeks, there'll be one. <laughs> yeah. So we will definitely commit to, to doing that and picking it up over where we're going and uh, just appreciate the patience guys um, with this and definitely not something. And not you know easy. what? I would love to hear from people about <laughs> us taking a break. If you think we shouldn't take a break, tell us. If you th- <laughs> I mean, we're going to, I think that regardless of, we have to, we have to draw back. Um, because like Bobby said, the, our first ministry, our families, um, are definitely taking a hit and, um, not, not necessarily that we're neglecting them, but like, it's, 
difficult. Yeah, <laughs> to, for sure. You know what I mean? To so, find time right now. And it's just uh, easier to do it right now. So, you know, thank you guys for supporting and listening and, and um, you know, always, it's not just because we don't put it out there, we'll, uh, you know, still be active. And if you guys reach out for whatever, need prayer for anything, absolutely all that stuff is going to still be available. Um, Maybe we can do like more little shorts about like what's going on. Sure. Stuff. Man, we'll I don't know. Just we'll, thoughts. We'll figure it out. So that people know that we're still alive and we haven't forgot about them. Yeah. If we take four weeks between episodes. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh. I don't know. Like, I, see, look, look, that just goes to show you guys, like, we, we don't want to stop. Like, <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> we don't want to stop doing this. This has uh, been a blessing and we want to continue to do this. It's just going to be a lot less frequent for a little bit. Yep. So, all right. With that? With that. You want to pray out? Of course. <laughs> Might be the last time for four weeks. <laughs> Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this wonderful day, this discussion that we had about um, love, God, about being loving people to one another, about building relationships and being unified um, in you, God, and your your love for us. And um, as we go into this week and this, this busy time that we're, we're going into God, please guide us and direct us and give us the, give us the time to come together and continue to making the, continue making this content that is all focused on you, Lord, and allow us to, to be sensitive to the idea of, of what's going on in other people's lives and, uh, Help us to be there for them when they need us, Lord, and just keep us, all of us, God, those listening and, and, and Bobby and I on the right path and give us the strength, God, and the knowledge of you to obey you when you tell us to go. We ask all of this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen.